Welcome to another episode of the Naffy Break podcast. I'm your host, Dominic O'Sullivan. And as always, we've looked at the transition from the military into a second career. When I started the Naffy Break podcast, I was trying to uncover the traits and the habits of those that make successful transitions from the military. I've had over 100 guests on the Naffy Break so far. That's 100 journeys and 100 lived experiences of our armed forces community. It's a hundred impact statements of those affected by the transition, not just the individual, but their family, their friends, their partners. It really does stretch a long way. There's been a hundred pieces of advice. There's been a hundred opportunities to learn. So what are the big lessons and the standout messages from the NAFI break so far? Well, I want to take this opportunity to pose you some questions, the listener, the opportunity to reflect on maybe your own transition or the impact on service leavers and veterans that you know. Now, it isn't a form of therapy. This is to stimulate some conversations around what makes our veterans tick. What is it they think about when they go through the transition process, the fears, the excitement and the reflections on when those things work or don't work? So I hope you stick with me through this episode and maybe go through the process yourself. Please share to anybody with a forces connection, whether they're currently serving and about to prepare or thinking of preparing for their transition or whether they've left and maybe haven't quite found that level of uh, purpose and sense of achievement that they found in the military. So there are lots of ways that people address the transition. My first question I, I'd kind of pose to you, but maybe to pose to yourself is, who are you without the uniform on? What are the things that you're good at? What are the things you like doing? And actually, I often wonder if the things you like doing the most aren't necessarily your primary job when you're still in uniform. Now, let me explain that a little bit more. You may have developed an interest through, you know, even a hobby or a secondary duty, as we used to call them when we were in the service. And you start to get excited about that new thing. The thing that you've suddenly discovered, you know, maybe later in your life or it's coming to you, whether it's a sport that you've taken up, whether it's a volunteering for an organization or supporting other people. And the reason I ask, who are you without the uniform is when the service time finishes, what are you going to enjoy doing the most? What's going to get you out of bed, as they say? And what are you looking for the future? The second part of that question is, what am I good at? And actually, you may be doing something that your peers see you being good at, but you don't actually enjoy doing. Now, I kind of go back to the first thing is, what are you going to enjoy doing? It might not be the things that you're actually good at or the first thing that comes to mind. But I think it's really important that you know your strengths and weaknesses. And I'm not going to focus on the weaknesses personally. I want to look at the things that I'm good at and I want to be doing those every day. I want to work in an organization or be part of an organization that allows me to use those strengths. So I think that whole where am I going to fit next? Find somewhere that allows you to do the things that you're really good at because you'll be happy doing that every day. Now, there's another thing that uh, often comes up is that level of self-awareness the ability to step back and look back on your career and what you've done to that point with a level of objectivity, almost 
dispassionate connect the um, you know don't connect the emotions of the the job you've been doing actually stand back and say what have i done what am i good at what have i done well when have i ticked people off when have i actually been a bit of a dick you know and if you can if you can recognize those things and have that level of self-awareness i think then it's easy to say well do you know there are some things that i probably need to change that are going to make me more employable they're actually going to give me some sort of peace and comfort as we go forward rather than maybe rubbing people up the wrong way or not settling into the next role so i think a, a level of self-awareness as you as you approach your transition uh, is going to be really important to you now another subject that comes up is the whole service language you know the rank the environment everything kind of leads to this culture and this this way of speaking I, I was recently at an event where i was presenting to some serving um royal armor tank corps uh, and the the surprising thing was me was i didn't really understand what they were talking about half the time and because their language and their three-letter abbreviations was so ingrained in their culture and everything they did day to day that anyone from the outside is really going to struggle with that now the reason i mention that is of course when we leave those three-letter abbreviations don't transfer you know someone who works in a manufacturing company you know a, a civvy company isn't going to understand the things you talked about when you were in the service in the same way and i think the onus is on on you as the individual to change and to learn that new language now you know that's not an overnight thing some things are very deeply ingrained in us but i think it's worth doing some research go and talk to as many civvies as you can before you leave get involved whether that's in a a sports club you know you're rubbing shoulders with people who aren't in the military get used to their language get used to that environment because if you can settle into it quickly when you leave everything else is going to fall into place a lot a lot quicker so you know i do think networking outside of the wire not just being in your own little bubble and your own little echo chamber it is a real key component in making that transition work for you so um yeah don't get stuck on the tlas it's okay when you get back together for a beer with uh, with your old service friends and you can have those conversations but remember other people will not understand what you're talking about there is another element to that change uh, in in environment and moving from the military into civvy street and and actually the perception of people around you uh, is quite important you know there are still a, a group of people who think that everybody that leaves the service is your stereotypical sergeant major barking orders pointing at everything expecting everything to be done and you know that's going to take some time to break down and the media doesn't always help us with that so you know when you go into that new new environment i think it's important that you're assured in your ability and confident in your knowledge but you don't appear cocky or bullish or confrontational you know you are in the minority when you leave you know you've got to settle into a new environment lean on the skills lean on the the things that the service has developed in you of course but but actually you are making a change you are changing over to a to a new environment so i think it's really important that what you do your actions 
will go as far in changing that perception in the workforce and in um, in Civvy Street as as any media campaign or anything could do. So, you know, pay attention to that. Uh, the simple analogy for me, and, and I think we were, I was talking about this with a, with a group recently, is when service people get together and they start recanting the tales and talking about what they did in service, what they did in theatre and operations. When a civvy's listening to that, initially, it's kind of like they're a bit awestruck by the whole thing and it's exciting and, oh, I've listened to that. But actually, for a lot of people, it's intimidating. And when you keep coming story after story or example after example, civvies can be quite intimidated by that because they haven't got the same kind of experiences. They haven't got those, you know, I was being shot at, I did this, I did that. So be be aware of that. You know, you you really don't want to go and overwhelm the people around you when you go into your new workforce. You know, dropping in a little bit every now and then is great. But if it's a constant thing, then you might find that people around, particularly your immediate line managers, might find that intimidating. So I think that whole translation to the workplace that is a lesson I think that's come out over the last, you know, hundred or so episodes and, and guests uh, that we really need to pay attention to. Something else I've been really keen to explore uh, through the episodes is this emotional transition. Yes, we can look at the practical side of things and and how we adapt, how we find a role, we find the right salary, we find the right location. But even if we do that, there is this this concern. And I know speaking to serving people who are approaching the, the end of their time is this l- loss of purpose. It's very clear when you serve, you're surrounded by people. We know what the outcome we're trying to all drive towards. We know what our role is. We know what we have to do. And there's a there's a sense of purpose that just automatically comes with being in the service. It's a whole being commitment, as I think one or two of my guests have said. So I think the challenge is filling that gap and the whole reason for starting the NAFI break was I came across people at reunions who had clearly not filled that gap that they'd really struggled and I'd seen them as these very capable and very confident people while in service but during that period after leaving where they hadn't found the right fit and they got frustrated with employment and getting rejections is that they just withered on the vine and and they seemed almost angry um, at their past service rather than looking forward and having something positive to focus on. And the people who are successful or the ones that I deemed to be successful wasn't necessarily about the size of their, their salary. It was more about they found a new purpose. They were excited. They, they talked passionately about the thing they were doing now and how it excited them and, you know, what they'd done. And you feed off that. You want to be around positive people. And I think anyone that's gone to reunions of their old cap badge or, or their old association will probably remember and seeing those people who will sit bumping their gums and still complaining about why they didn't get promoted 20 years earlier. So, so I think replacing that purpose, finding a new purpose and, and who you are without the uniform, as I go back to my first point, is absolutely critical in that long-term transition because finding your first job is not the end of the transition. There is an emotional adjustment um i feel in in the reflection of all the people i've spoken to that needs to take place it was clear from a a couple of guests that i spoke to that when they did leave they didn't stop thinking like a a marine or like a, a soldier they still thought the same way but the successful ones were able to translate 
how they thought into the new environment and problem solve and, and use those great traits. Um, but it wasn't a case of denying you've been in the service. It was just finding the right way to express that. And it was more through through actions than just telling people I used to do this or I've done this before in the army or, or etc. So so I think a really important point is don't don't be afraid of your service career. Don't don't let it hold you back, but at the same time, don't put it in front of you uh, as you go forward, if that makes sense. I think there there is definitely a group of people, and I think for a lot of people who will draw a strong line under their service career when they leave in an attempt to put some distance to prove themselves in a new environment and to be seen as as a new person as a civvy if you like although i'd argue that you're only ever a veteran you're never a fully blown civvy but i think if you if you put that little bit of distance don't isolate yourself in the same in the same vein i think lockdown was was quite important for people to retain some connections, you know, scattered around the country doing Zoom quizzes and so forth. You know, we can laugh and joke about it now, but actually for some people, it was the one thing that kept them uh, in contact with people. So so I think the, the isolation, cutting yourself off from your past friends, you may have been, you know, completely pissed off with the end of your career, with your last boss you had, the way it didn't work out the way you wanted. But actually, there are a lot of good experiences and a lot of good people that were around you. It's not the people you fell out with. It was maybe just one person. And I would recommend that you you stay connected in some way, even if it's just social media or the odd uh, the odd reunion. But I think that's got the network and your community, the, the you know, the Armed Forces veteran community has a really strong strong part to play uh, in in that whole process and several of our guests have you know hinted at the armed forces breakfast clubs that they go to the old reunions the getting together with people as 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 being a really positive thing uh, for them going forward i think one of the areas that uh, we've discussed and we've had several guests who've looked at the the research side into veteran affairs in terms of the transition and uh, one of the one of the nice things that uh, this podcast has been able to do is to shine a light on some of the work that's been done to support veterans after they leave. Um, several guests on who who've brought that that research background uh, and have explained what they've been doing and how they've been trying to understand so that healthcare professionals and you know government organisations can support veterans in in more uh, more appropriate ways. I think going forward. Um, the legacy of the NAFI break that I always hoped would kind of come about and wasn't quite sure how that was going to happen is to condense all this lived experience, all these lessons, all these messages into some kind of publication, some some kind of offering that people could refer to and use almost as a, as a library, a reference library. Uh, and I'm really delighted to say that there's a, an approach has been made and I am committed now to writing a chapter in a, uh, a publication, academic publication, and the book's entitled Broadening Perspectives on Military Trauma. And the idea is to help nurses and allied professionals to support the military community in a civilian context. So uh, really great to be able to turn this lived experience and uh, and learns from the NAFI break into something concrete and like long lasting.
Um, I'll kind of highlight that in a little bit more detail at the at the time. But in 2024, it will be published. Over the next 12 months, we'll be pulling together all the stories and all the lessons from from the NAFI break, and hopefully leaving that uh, as a reference book for for people to um, to draw on and uh, and and implement uh, going forward. So uh, ramblings of a, an ex-PCI who who started the NAFI break with. You know, with one intention, I suppose, at the start was to just shine a light on the people who are successful when they leave the service. It's branched off. You know, we've spoken to families. Uh, we've spoken to support organizations. We've talked to people uh, who've gone through the lived experience themselves. But hopefully we've been fairly consistent in in always coming back to what is it? You know, what is it that made you successful after leaving? What did you lean on? What did the service and your military service develop in you that's, uh, that shaped your your future and your career? So I'm grateful to anyone that's tuned in and listened to any of the 100 plus episodes that we've run. Uh, there's no sign of us stopping. Um, it continues to take us in some interesting directions and meet some really interesting guests. So um I hope I've given you a few things to consider and maybe to ponder on a little bit more and to share around uh, your friends, your network, anybody that you served with, anybody that's still serving who's thinking about the what next and and how they're going to transition. As a final note, I often get asked, you know, what was my favourite podcast episode or what was the one that was the most impactful? And and I could go right back to the start, really, and be sort of grateful, first of all, for, for friends of mine who were in my little black book, who I lent on in the early stages to to bring their experience. And as much as they weren't guinea pigs, you know, they had a valuable story to tell. Um, I think there was, you know, some interesting things that came out of those early episodes. I think, you know, I particularly think back to probably episode two martin longdon who, who actually said to me you know that these are things i haven't spoken about with anyone else before it's the first time he articulated some of his feelings and emotions around the time of uh, of leaving the service so and i think you know through the through the episodes there is a great deal of self-reflection from the guests and they're and they're very honest and they're very open we've never worked with a script so when something comes across in those um in those interviews sometimes i don't see it coming uh, and hopefully we respond to that. It's for those that are catching up on these, you know, at NAFI break, they've not visited them before. And I'm kind of pointing you towards episodes that maybe go and look at for particular messages. You know, Rich Gamage came on here and talked really strongly about the core values, the things that really matter to him while he was in service and still beyond. Yeah, you know, I think Peter McCrory was the first example of someone I spoke to who'd moved, who'd emigrated effectively and gone and set up and transitioned into a into a new life. You know, some great reflections from Tony and Helen Dunn on what family life was like um, during service and then preparing to leave and, and the kind of, you know, time for them after 30 plus years of uh, of service. Um it's been some quite inspirational people I've had the fortune to speak to as well. Lee Spencer, the Rowan Marine, um, you know, adversity, losing a limb in a, in an RTA, but then, you know, effectively going on to, to do some pretty superhuman stuff. Um, I think I spoke to Alfredo Torres, um, my U S Navy veteran and, yeah, you know, real, really strong messages and he'll be quite open and honest. And he was really candid. And he said, you know, it's the first time he'd opened up about some of his own challenges, which took him to, to the real depths. But, you know, the, the message that came out from him was you have to own your transition. You have to take responsibility for some of the things you go through. Um, 
the most popular episode we've had, you know, came from Grant Richards and Jason Thompson, who set up the UK parachuting. Um, you know, and the, they're almost like the the Morecambe and Wise of the of the podcasts that I've done. But it was just great their honesty about, you know, what do you learn? You, you never stop learning. You have to learn quick about things like tax and employing people when you when you set up a business after leaving. Uh, so that was another great episode. Some some really good human interest angles, I think, as well, have come through in the episode. Steve Davis, uh, the military grave restorer, to this day still um, struck me. And I think the message that, that came loud and clear from his episode was the sense of duty doesn't leave you. And what he's doing now in terms of giving back to the community and restoring um, gravestones of uh, of service people who've been forgotten about effectively is uh, is is just incredible. Um, yeah, Steve Blake, um, massive uh, massive respect to him in terms of overcoming you know health diagnosis. And I think his uh, his message was you know if you're going through hell, just keep going. It, it was uh, it was quite a poignant one and one of our longest podcasts. And and the reason for that was I just couldn't hit the pause button on the edit. It, it, there was too much that was was raw, um, but it was such a such a strong message for people to say it doesn't matter how you know how bad a day you're having, you're not having a bad life kind of thing. So, um, yeah, uh, Gareth Timmins, 34 weeks as a Royal Marine. Again, lessons for life all the way through that. Johnny Ball talking about getting veterans into politics and what his motivation was behind that. Um, and I think, you know, referencing back to the the book that I've spoken about in the chapter, Graham Cable, um, an academic who I spoke to, I've retained friendship with since then and and has kind of spurred me on to do some things as well. But I think for all the guests, they're, they're really honest with me after the uh, podcast and say, you know, it, it really made me stop and think about some of the things I went through and I maybe breezed through at the time. But I look back on it now and say the significance of certain things that have happened to them. Um, JJ Chalmers, uh, <laughs> I called him the Strictly Royal, as obviously most of you will know that he'd appeared on Strictly Come Dancing. But his humility and honesty about moving into the media and but still thinking like a royal marine and the honor that he has in his in his new role to do some of the events that he has um i thought was particularly uh grounded in the story and the message that he um that he put across and there's been some pretty uplifting ones as well the military wives choir were fantastic um and just highlighting the work that they do to support their armed forces partner community i suppose we could put it in in that respect and we've had the uh forces wife challenge you've been on and and their inspirational um uh, attempt at the uh, or completion of the heroes of the telemark uh, operation which uh, which they did uh and most recently we've actually been lucky enough to speak to johnny mercer um and i put that episode out in remembrance week uh, and i think as much as he's in the public eye and you, you most of you will see the politician behind that he's a veteran and fighting for veterans causes and helping them transition better is is really close to his heart and means a lot to him and i think if you listen to the final question in that particular interview i think you can sense in his voice just how important it was to him so if you haven't caught any episodes before i'd kind of point you to some of those um there's over 100 episodes please go back in the uh, in the catalog and and find something with a message that uh, that's maybe relevant to you so tune in next week for a far more interesting guest than me 
um, but another that brings some insight and understanding into the transition from the military into a second career. Thanks for listening. Thank you.